that I sort of approached it with letting the athlete guide me in regards to, to what their needs were. Welcome to Raise the Bar, a podcast by Gymnastics New South Wales. Each month, we chat with gymnasts, coaches, athletes, and experts to reveal tips and tricks to help you raise the bar on your coaching journey. Today's topic, a coach's view of the Commonwealth Games. Gemma, who are we hearing from? Hi Kate, this month we've got Gymnastics New South Wales High Performance Manager Yusuf Tapari. Awesome. Well, let's hand it over to Yusuf. Hey, thanks for having me. Now I'm looking forward to talking to you about your experience at the Commonwealth Games. Can you tell me a little bit about what it was like for you when you were chosen as the head coach for the women's team? Uh, Yeah, I can. Um, If I'm going to summarise it, it was just a great honour, basically. Um, when I got the the message, it was yeah, it was just an amazing surprise and and something that I'll cherish for forever. Yeah, that's wonderful, well deserved. And I mean, what was it like actually going there? All the pre training and and being at the Commonwealth Games. It's a huge, huge event. Yeah, so um, I guess to to paint a bit of a picture, it's a long journey into an event like the Com Games. So all up, it was about a four week campaign before we even got to the competition floor. So obviously, as you can appreciate, that was a really long stretch uh, for all the athletes and for, for all the coaches to be away from their their normal environments and their other athletes and things like that. But uh, as a as a collective group, it was it was really awesome. The girls got along really well, became a team really quickly. Yeah, like uh, it was just a great experience. You were together a lot. You were going from place to place and sharing those experiences. Was that a way to help the team get together and really unify? Yeah, I I think so. So it was it was great to to have that opportunity to send a full team over uh, to such a big event. Getting the girls together, um, or I should, should say the ladies together, they're not girls. It was a really great opportunity to see how we can do things a little bit differently as a, as a coaching cohort. So we were all going in with a bit of um, different ideas and an open mind in in regards to sort of approaching it. Organically, the girls just got together as a team pretty much from day naught that was really awesome and we were able to sort of um, work with each of them individually around their own specific needs who were the coaches with you so yeah so the the team coaches were um sasha from delta gymnastics who's georgia godwin's personal coach and jess mason from waverly gymnastics who's the personal coach for emily whitehead and romy brown and myself (laughs) okay so three coaches too many cooks in the kitchen or just the right amount um, I wouldn't say too many cooks. I think we definitely needed to find our feet and that sort of staging camp um, in Paris allowed us to do that um, and figure out where each of our strengths were that we could provide to the team. And so we kind of had it pretty down pat by the time we actually got into the village. The, the really great thing about this coaching cohort was that everyone was allowed to have a voice and was allowed to present their ideas and their concepts and their observations and things like that. Um, so that was really refreshing. And we all were able to give or be given an opportunity to sort of put forward what we thought was best for the team as a whole. So, and, um, and so you work together and it sounds like once that initial phase of getting to know each other and your styles and things passed, um, you know, you, you all gelled really well. What about gelling with the athletes that you don't really know? So obviously you've worked very closely with Brianna, you're her, you're her coach. 
did you know the other athletes well from previous um, competitions or experiences and how did how does it feel like when you're approaching someone new at that level and giving them instruction when they don't have that existing relationship with you yeah that's a really great question actually um and that's very applicable for for both the coach like um molding with the coaches and also with with the athletes as well so um you're right so it's very um confronting almost to to be um, handling athletes or with athletes that you don't work with on a day-to-day basis um, especially in such a um, I guess a pressure-packed situation as you're leading into a, a major event like that um, so the, the best way that I can um, describe it is that I sort of approached it with letting the athlete guide me in regards to to what their needs were also working with their personal coaches whether they were actually in the camp or in the championships or back home to get some sort of idea of of how to best manage those athletes and what their cues are and what their daily training is looks like and things like that and just navigating the the environments and the situations that we're in on a day-to-day basis so as an example we might be in Kimsleville, which was a training gym, but the village gym, which is a is a proper competition gym, is very different. There's no soft surfaces. There's less time to be able to prepare things. You have um, a very tight schedule and, and things like that. So it ended up being um, a case of daily sort of talking with the athletes to see how they were feeling, what is their, uh, what's the requirements for the program for that particular day. So the, the daily assignments um, in terms of routines, in terms of preparation and things like that. And um, figuring out with them, you know, is, is that possible on that particular day? Do they have any needs on that day, um, such as, you know, maybe some niggling injuries or they're not feeling well or they're feeling a little bit lacking in energy or they're feeling great? Yeah, it's just really about communication, I guess. It's it's about being open about communication um, and letting the athletes sort of guide you in, in those situations. Did you feel like you ended up establishing good relationships with them all? Oh, you'll have to ask them that, I think. <laughs> Fair point. Um, I hope so. Um, I, I think so. Um, I think uh, all the the athletes that were on the team were, um, were awesome. Um, I thought that they all trained um, really well. Um, they all obviously had their their own personalities and their own intricacies and their own um, requirements around, around training and stuff. Um, but I, I hope I hope that I, I built that that relationship with them. Um, and yeah, sounds I think like, they did it. Sounds like you did, and sounds uh, like you handled it all very well. So. Tried to. <laughs> okay, so tell me about the actual competition and that that team silver that was just phenomenal. Yeah, so it was um, an awesome result. The journey was was long, and I think it was worth it. The girls prepped really hard and we tried to get them rehearsed in every aspect of of the event from their training one touch warm-ups preparation what are they going to do on each event team lineups all of those sorts of things consolidating their routines and stuff so when we marched out there for team finals the the athletes were prepared they were ready and nothing can quite prepare you for when you walk out onto an environment like that where you've got thousands of people, TV cameras in front of you, bright lights, and as well prepared as you you are, there's always going to be things that pop up that, you know, you don't expect. So, for example, we watched the session beforehand and um, the athletes were just, you know, rotating as they wanted to, um, as the judges wanted them to, sorry, um, and they were just competing through. And 
when we got to our session on the floor, um, it was sort of apparent that they were going to hold the athletes for TV broadcasts. So all of a sudden you're having to hold the athletes waiting for, you know, six, seven, eight, maybe even 10 minutes for their routine, which, you know, you have to sort of navigate on the spot. So as, as much uh, preparation goes into it. You have to sort of think really fast in those in those situations, um, and watching the the athletes just perform one after each other and just hit their routines and support each other. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was incredible. How did you feel when they got the silver? I felt so proud of them. Just thinking about all of the hard work, it was just a sense of elation and and pride. Like I think they did their country and their fellow gymnasts and um, Gymnastics Australia and themselves really, really proud. And they were up against really tough competition. The English team were more than half of the team that went to Europeans that just um, recently won silver as well. So to know that they can compete with those, those athletes bodes really well as we lead into world championships later on this year. Fantastic. And can you tell me how did this experience um, differ? What did you do differently for this competition than other international competitions? So you've given us some insight, obviously, into how live it can all be. But what did you do differently as a coach? Okay, so there was aspects of it that I would say that I uh, I didn't do anything differently. And, and that was... Uh, with the mindset that this is just another competition and and going in with that that frame of mind as well um, and there's obviously aspects that 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 differed and and those specifically were things that you know one is the 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 longevity of the preparation um, it's it's a, a little bit more of a um, scheduled uh, pre-camp staging camp etc as we lead into the into the event as well um, but also from a from a coaching point of view um, we ended up having to ask a heap of questions because when you go into a multi-sports event um, there's so many different stakeholders that you're working with and and management teams and coordinators that you're working with that sometimes you don't actually have all the answers so you know things that you take for granted at um, other events and other internationals which are just standard um, across the board might be a little bit different in, in situations like, like this. Um, you know, like, uh, like I said about the, the TV broadcast holding, um, yeah. holding the athletes. Um, also, um, you know, tagging in and out, where are those zones on the floor? So coaches, you can only have two coaches on the floor at any any one time and we had three coaches um, and learning where the, the tag in and out zones were, um, which is, is standard at, at major events like world champs and stuff. Uh, but wherever you go, you have to sort of learn that information before you get out on the floor. Otherwise it's very daunting and you can, you know, stress everyone out if you don't, if you don't know those things um, as well. And also navigating the actual village as well. We had bus schedules, we had meal schedules, we had all of those things, which, you know, we have no control over. Um, but behind the scenes, it was a lot of information around or learning around who our competitors were, where our athlete strengths were um, and things. And probably that was a little bit more in, in depth and more detailed than what we do in, say, other internationals, um, just because of the nature of the event that we were going into here. Of course. Now you mentioned there are some things you went into the mindset with it that it's a comp- it's a competition and you kept the same. What were those things? Yeah, so I think for for the biggest thing for me was um, I kept thinking if if I'm calm, then then the athletes are going to be calm, and if the coaching team is calm, then everyone's going to be calm, right? So um, the, the best way that we could we could remain calm was just thinking like this is just every other competition. Um, and as much as you tell yourself that, 
when you're hyping it up in your head, it's not the case, right? You're, it's like a little mantra that you say to yourself, but in reality, you're you're actually thinking uh, or um, manifesting something totally different. But when you actually get on the floor, you realize it is actually just like another re- event. You you warm up, one touch warm up on on an apparatus, and then you compete and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and when you start getting into the into the um, the flow of the competition, you realize it's just like another event as well. So just um, reinforcing that with the athletes. Um, once we've got team finals over and done with, and we were able to move on to the the um, the other competitions like all around and apparatus finals, I think it was a little bit more easier to sell that mantra and sell that philosophy of, um, you know, it's just like another competition. We just have to treat it like another competition and things. Um, and they started to believe that themselves. They were more comfortable. The the coaching team were able to sort of feel more comfortable in those environments as well because, you know, you, you learn where the, the different areas are, where you can sit, where you can, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Um, but more so um, the, that mindset of um, that it's just like every other competition is because in the end, the, the athletes are just doing gymnastics, you know, um, it, whether that's under bright lights in front of TV cameras, whether that's in um, front of thousands of people, um, in the end, they're just doing what they do every single day. And that's what that sort of mantra trying to reinforce it, um, in, in the sense of forget the environment that you're in. You just need to do what you do every single day. And that's what it comes down to. And I think that our athletes were able to, to, to do that. They were able to deliver um, the performances that, you know, on the most part that they do um, every single day. So, of course, the pressures are different, but as you said, the gymnastics itself remains the same and remains um, constant. Um, There's still a lot of pressure around these events, and you mentioned how, as a coach, you had to stay calm yourself. How did you personally, so, so you could stay calm for the athletes, how did you personally deal with the pressures? Did you feel like you were under the spotlight? Did you feel like you had to do anything to calm yourself or are you just naturally good with these sorts of situations? Um, I don't know about naturally, <laughs> but um, what's the what's the saying? Like fake it until you make it, right? Like you just put a, you just put a, a calm face on and whatever's going on internally, you, um, you just forget. But jokes aside, like um, I think um, – it's almost like an unspoken thing with with the coaching cohort where you don't admit that you're really nervous and that you that you you don't you know you don't know every situation in every environment. Um, and what was the most refreshing thing for I think for me and I can't I think Jess would would say the same thing although I'm not going to speak for her um, is that when we were in Paris um, we were uh, rehearsing some of the um, the. Uh, the flow for the, the competition basically um, and how it was going to run and stuff. Um, and um, John Hart sort of just said to, to both of us that, you know, he still gets nervous doing this stuff and he's done, he's been to multiple Olympic games, multiple world championships and stuff. And that just sort of made, made us um, rest assured that, you know, those feelings of nervousness was actually normal um, mm. as coaches. And it's almost believing the same thing that we say to the athletes and believing the own, that your own, mantra and your own information that you're giving to them around you know you do this every single day you know what's going on you know the information um, and just sort of falling back onto that Um, and I have a really vivid memory that just before we marched out onto the field of play we had uh, the English coaches next to us and we also had the Canadian coaches next to us as well and we obviously 
did niceties and wished each other good luck and stuff like that. But the Canadian coaches actually said like they're absolutely petrified. Like they were just so, so <laughs> nervous and that they could barely like barely move. And it almost just like broke the ice with, with yeah. all the coaches and, and was like, it's yeah, humanizing. It's, it's, it's humanizing. It was like, yeah. okay, yeah, we're allowed to also, you know, be a bit nervous around this as well. But as soon as we got out there, it was just how we rehearsed it. It was, we just went into our, our zones. And I think the biggest takeaway is if something changes on the floor or if something stressful happens, or, or if you don't know the information as, as a coach, just take a deep breath and just deal with the situation in that moment. And always bringing it back to how can we best serve the athletes mm. and, and keeping calm, keeping calm for them, no matter what's going on internally. Ultimately, it's about keeping them as calm as possible um, and reinforcing what you, what you say to them as well. Do you feel like this experience at the Commonwealth Games has made you a better coach? Oh, absolutely. I think um, as I think every experience that we go through is an opportunity to learn. That's a big a big thing that I try to take into these 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 things and these experiences is um, what can I take away from it? And specifically for for Com Games, I learned a lot about our team and and how well they can actually perform um, when given the opportunity to have a voice and given the opportunity to sort of work together and and collaborate and things like that, which was really awesome. Um, and also I surprised myself in the sense of being able to adapt to situations that I wasn't sure that I could adapt to and uh, probably even learned some, some things about Brianna that I hadn't even learned um, on, on other trips and other competitions and other opportunities that we've been on and, and seeing her perform how she did and, and be so resilient and so tough and just confident in some of her work and things like that made me incredibly proud. And I think that walking away, it was probably one of the proudest moments that I've had in my time coaching, coaching her was just seeing her perform in front of a, a packed house um, and be really determined. You know, she, she had a mistake on beam and she came back and delivered a, a floor routine that was really awesome. Um, and I saw her fighting for every single landing. So yeah, I think I learned some things about myself and I think I've, I learned some things about, you know, Brie as well. That's awesome. Yeah. I was going to ask you exactly those questions, what you learned and what it was like coaching Brie, who you do know more closely and you work with her, what, every day? Yeah, every <laughs> Something day. Something like every day. <laughs> we see each other every day, just like, just like your teammates as well. I think we yeah. see each other, yeah, probably more so than our own families. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to think that you're still learning about her through those moments is, is fantastic. What do you think this competition has done for Brianna and especially when it comes to preparing her for future events? Number one, it's given her that exposure and that experience. You know, Brie was just on the rise just before COVID happened. And then obviously COVID happened and, you know, she got two years taken away from her and, and not just her, but other athletes as well, obviously, um, in terms of experiences and, and opportunities and, and events and stuff. So this was uh, a really big step for, for Brie, a uh, multi-sport event the Commonwealth Games, obviously, um, and also a major championships to have that exposure to the crowd, to the TV cameras, to the quality of athletes, the quality of, of judges was awesome and uh, for her. And I think really important for her in terms of her targets for and her goals for later on this year and, and obviously moving forwards as well. So I think it's been a really great stepping stone for her. So yeah, I think, you know, 
Bree's taken heaps away from from this event, and I think it will just be a, a growth for her for as we head into world selection and and hopefully world championships later on this year. I know for us watching back at home, we're very proud of her and proud of you and everything that the team has achieved. Or, or what was what were you most proud of? Was it you know that you're Australian? Was it your team? Was it Bree? Where did that pride come from? Yeah, I think it is. Um, it's a it's a combination of all of those things. Like it's it's just a a, a buzz that you feel when you're when it all sort of came together and the, and the athletes walked away with that team silver that, you know, you're proud of them, that they can call themselves Commonwealth Games medalists for the rest of their lives, like that no one can ever take that away from them. Um, you're proud of the system that you were involved in because, you know, you're a part of that that whole journey. Um, you're proud of the country that you're, you're representing. You've got the Australian flag on on your sleeve or on on our back saying, you know, saying what nation we, we belong to. Um, and, you know, a long history um, of amazing sporting accomplishments from other teams in, in the past. So I think it's a combination of, of all of those things. And then, you know, when you get to sort of a micro level, you reflect on even the your DTE. So like being super proud of our our, our little village that we have here in terms of our training environment, um, Bree's uh, family and Bree's um, support system and her teammates um, uh, that we have back at home. All of them uh, were a part of that that as well. So it was just this all-encompassing sense of gratitude, pride, um, elation, all of those things. It's amazing hearing all about your Commonwealth Games experiences. I'd love to quickly touch on the making of a coach. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, um, can you tell me, is this something that when you first entered coaching, you as a coach had a goal to be doing uh, does one typically do that I mean we've got hundreds of coach coaches across the state and um, some are doing it you know just for recreational um, casually they're doing it maybe more seriously more full-time all valid all important um, all what makes our sport great having everyone contribute and and be involved and that's what I love about the gymnastics community that once you're in, you know, you tend to stay in one way or another, yeah, yeah, one yeah. form or Absolutely. another, right? Yeah. Um, and that's something that's really impressed me uh, learning about learning about the sport. What was it like for you entering um, as a coach mm-hmm. that space? Um, did you ever think this is where I'm going to be? Um, so I think a, a lot of people in the community could probably resonate with what I'm about to say, but I actually – um, did not want to be a coach. <laughs> so I, I left being, I, I stopped being an, an athlete. Um, and I thought, you know, I don't want to do coaching. Like that's not a career pathway that, that interests me. Um, you know, I want to do other things. Um, and I stepped away from the sport for a couple of years, actually. Um, and then it was the realization of actually, I just had, had enough of that particular part of my journey, but there was other opportunities that, that might be might be there, and and I still had a love for the sport, um, and I still had a an interest in the sport, um, and just sort of getting back slowly into into that coaching space, um, initially as just you know on a um, part time casual basis actually, and working with junior development athletes um, and seeing them develop and enjoy the sport and grow um, so quickly, um, and that obviously you know resonated with me and and made me really 
um, excited for what could be their futures in terms of the the sport and seeing them love the sport so much as well. Um, and that's what sort of spiked my interest back into into coaching. Um, and when I started learning more, um, and I, I had some great role models when I first started out coaching. Um, Xiaoxing Li, who is one of the WAG coaches at Manly Warringah, was coaching at the gym that I first started working working at, and she had a, a great group of um, of WAG athletes. Um, and you know, seeing the caliber of, of coach that she is, and and working with those those athletes really inspired me, um, and made me sort of a little bit ambitious. Um, uh, and that sort of spiked the interest of, okay, if I'm going to actually have a go at this coaching thing, um, I really want to do it as best as I can. And that's when it became all encompassing that that's when it became, okay, I want to learn about what I have to do. I want to learn about the athletes. I want to know um, what makes um, great athletes, you know, um, what makes great coaches. Um, and what I look back on as a younger coach now, um, I'm a completely different coach almost polar opposite coach as I am now to what I was then. Um, but what has remained the same is that um, interest and that ambition about learning. And I think that that's the, the, the hallmark of um, a coach that's going to try to be successful in this space um, it, or in gymnastics or in sport is the, the ones that want to learn um, and continue learning and never think that they have all the answers. Um, you know, I still find myself getting inspired by different coaches. I still find myself getting inspired by different athletes um, and, um, you know, lots of podcasts and lots of information out on the, on the, on the internet and things like that. And I think that that's what has been one of the most intriguing things for me in this, in this job has been around learning new things all the time um, and seeing the evolution of, of gymnastics and working with some amazing athletes that are just not just talented, but also very ambitious, very driven um, and things like that. And I think the best piece of advice that I've ever been given as a coach was um, that there's no magic answer. And I have tried to live by that um, all the time. Um, and talking with what does that mean? Yeah, so I can I can go into a bit more detail. So basically, um, and I've experienced it when I've spoken to younger coaches as well. Um, everyone sort of looks for that magic answer to produce something. So it's like, um, what is this? What is the system to produce this? What is the system to produce this skill? What is the system to produce this gymnast? What is the system to produce this quality of athlete and stuff? Um, and in in um, to, to cut a long story short, there is no magic answer. It's we're doing, um, and everyone's doing um, at, at um, a, a high capacity, um, the same things as everyone else. We're just um, making sure that we uh, know what we want at the end result and how do we get to that end result and also how are we going to get the athletes on board to go along on that journey with us. Um, and I think that that's the best piece of advice that I've ever been given because there is no magic answer. There's no magic drill. There's no magic um, strength program. There's no magic, um, gym. It's just really hard work every single day and being, um, on board with the whole journey. Um, and also, um, adapting to the athlete as well. Um, and, you know, remembering that some athletes don't want to go to the Olympics and some athletes just want to go to Australian championships and reach their, their potential there and being okay with that. Um, but also working, um, uh, with athletes that do want to go to um, different events and, and have goals for specific targets and things like that, um, how can we how can we 
try to get to that level um, whilst also letting them be good human beings as well. So enjoying life and having an opportunity to do uni and having an opportunity to see their friends and stuff. So um, that's what I mean by I've probably become a totally different coach from from when I was when I was younger, where I thought it was, you know, you just had to train every single day and work really, really hard and and do lots lots of numbers and, and things like that to now where it's um, almost the uh, driven by the athletes, almost driven by what, what their desire and what their needs are. Um, and then fitting our expectations around that and having um, having some sort of collaboration between um, what what their goals are and what our requirements are to help them get to those to those goals. Now, obviously, that's not talking about every age spectrum. You know, when you when they're younger, it's it's um, gene development is a whole different kettle of fish, and it's you know you're trying to create the fundamentals and the enjoyment, keeping the enjoyment of the sport there as well. Um, and I've been really fortunate to work with a number of the athletes that I'm working with now, all the way through that development pathway, um, and I've had. Uh, three or four of my athletes since they were um, about nine years of age. So literally seeing them grow up into uh, adults um, and enjoying that that journey with them um, and seeing them sort of flourish and seeing them sort of still love the sport and still have goals and still enjoy what they're doing um, is, a, is a massive, um, you know, happy spot for me. Thank you so much. I feel like that's a great um, note to end on um, and, you've given me a lot to think about it's been an absolute joy talking to you appreciate you coming on the podcast no, thank you for having me really appreciate it that was so interesting who knew there was so much to learn about the com games i know i loved how yusuf talked about how coaches they how they worked together they didn't know each other really but they came together to bring their different strengths to the table to the benefit of the athletes. Yeah, absolutely. And especially how he was adaptable as a coach. I really enjoyed listening to that and how he responded to whatever came his way. Uh, it just with a can-do approach makes all the difference. Totally. And which goes to what he said about that there's no magic answer to coaching. It is just hard work and constantly learning and constantly listening to the athletes that you have. Well, that's what we think, but we would love to know your thoughts. Leave us a comment on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and let us know on socials. Find us on Facebook, TikTok or Instagram at Gym New South Wales. Otherwise, we'll talk to you next month in the Gymnastics New South Wales podcast, Raise the Bar.